0: Hello, and welcome to the 25th episode of the Crystal Clear Watchmaking Podcast. I'm your host, Luke, here with my co-host, Jay. How you doing, Jay?
1: Uh, Not bad, same old. Just uh, staying indoors and uh, staying safe at home, I guess, is the motto of 2020.
0: Yeah, now, I know that I always uh, ask you if you've got watch news. There's definitely big watch news. I don't know if you uh, caught it this last week. I did not. Okay, well, I'll I'll start off with just a little bit of personal watch news. Okay, um, which is that I was this is a little bit of the watchmaker's bench type watch news. Um, oh, good. I fixed up a uh, another Ricketta. Oh,
1: nice. <laughs> Your own?
0: Yeah, yeah. This one, this one is a Ricketta Braille.
1: Oh, it has anything to do with like the Braille, like the like the the, the for blind people Braille.
0: Yeah, oh. that's what this watch is. Okay. So the case has a little pusher on the side. When you press it, it opens up the front of the case so you can touch the dial and hands directly. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, the hands are made extra, extra stiff um, so that they can take touching. And um, the dial has little bumps on it so you can figure out what time it is.
1: That's that's really uh ingenious, actually.
0: Yeah, and the nice thing about this one is is I don't think it was used... It definitely wasn't used heavily, but may not have been used by a blind person at all. Um, because what you see on these watches is people are always depositing their oils on it. Right. So these dials get like super yellowed if they were really used. Yeah. And I've got an almost, I've just got like an a slightly off, off-white dial on mine.
1: I could see people collecting them just for the, like the coolness factor.
0: Yeah, mine is pretty darn pristine, and it's got the uh, it's got the Cyrillic dial, so it's uh, one of the home versions and everything. So it turned out really nice. I had fun uh, working with it because of the um, the interesting case, <laughs> How it yeah, happens yeah, and stuff. And I also I, f- I feel like I figured out something about PolyWatch, which I wanted to share. Okay, which is. Really the important thing here. I always use polywatch with a microfiber cloth.
1: Okay, so remind us again what's polywatch.
0: Right, right, right. Good idea. So polywatch is basically like a, I think it's diamond paste. Okay. And you rub it on watch crystals to kinda like uh if they're acrylic, to get out like the tiny scratches that they accumulate so easily. Okay, okay, cool and i had always used microfiber cloths mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. and i'd sit there rubbing the microfiber cloth on the polywatch on the watch for forever okay okay it takes forever i did get the results that i wanted in the past but i tried something else this time and it works so much better so i just wanted to share cuz i have a feeling a lot of people use a uh, polywatch um i i use microfiber cloths yeah and you know the thing is the microfiber cloths are so smooth right you know, and what what you're trying to do is create something that has a little bit of friction, a little bit of firmness to it. Well, it's
1: soft because uh, normally microfiber cloth is meant to like, you know, clean lenses or fragile. Yeah, things. Yeah, just
0: remove dust and stuff. You don't want to like have a very frictiony thing happening. Right. But when you're using polywatch, you do kind of want a frictiony thing happening because you're true. trying to kind of like polish the crystal. Right. Right. So I used um, paper towels. Like kitchen paper towels. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It cut my rubbing time until I was happy with it by like, I'd say it was five times faster.
1: Wow, that's crazy.
0: It was way faster. So if if people are using um, the microfiber cloth, maybe try just a kitchen towel. I actually found that it worked way better. Huh? The paper towel. Yeah,
1: paper, like Bounty or something.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah, I think I think people just like their first. Thought is to use microfiber when you're like wiping down something,
0: you know. I think they even send it out with microfiber in some other like packages. Yeah,
1: I mean, a lot of things come with microfiber, like sunglasses, glasses, and yeah.
0: And I think you can buy polywatch with little microfiber cloths. I think that actually slows it down because the microfiber is like too gentle, right? If that makes sense,
1: I guess it's Um, better safe than sorry, is what they're thinking.
0: Yeah, but anyway, it turned out really great maybe one of my best uses of PolyWatch, and um yeah so i can i i'd suggest you try that out yeah that's... you can't you can't really damage anything with PolyWatch. just make sure you're actually rubbing the crystal and not the rest of the watch <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the one thing All right um good tip and then the big news okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is it's kind of funny because this is a bit of a follow-up to stuff that we've talked about before All so right. i kind of like it in that way All right but what the news is, is that there's been a huge brand dropout in Basel World.
1: Well, uh, well, I heard about, uh, I saw headlines of this, but I just figured it was all just the coronavirus, so it's not even happening. So everyone's just not even doing it this year.
0: No, no, no. You're right that there was the cancellation, and we talked about that. Right. You're totally right. But I'm saying, these people are saying, we're not coming back. Like ever. Yeah. Okay. Now, this happened a couple years ago with a Swatch group, and a couple of people dropped out. Seiko dropped out uh, last year. Right. Said they'd do their own stuff. Now it's getting bad, man. (laughs) So the Basel World dropout was initially by the king. Rolex dropped out.
1: Dude, that's huge.
0: Yeah. So Rolex and Tudor dropped out. Of course, they moved together. Um, but joining them, and they actually did a joint press statement. So this was figured out in in their own back rooms. Also, Patek dropped out. Wow. And Chanel.
1: That's huge. But what what, what, what is what is what is the impetus for this? Why?
0: I... Well, you know, part of it is just how. So it's very expensive to do Basel World. Their their prices for renting are insane, and then they build their own. I mean, like all of this comes out of advertising budget and it would not be crazy for a big brand like Rolex to spend like forty million dollars on their Basel World setup. Right. With rent and everything.
1: Really? No.
0: Yeah. Now I, I can't give you any like real numbers, that, but, but those but are that's the kind of numbers number. that I've seen thrown around. Wow.
1: But but the thing is it's, like,
0: it's Yeah, sorry, go ahead. It's multiple millions just to get your spot. And then the thing is, is you're sitting next to some other brand. Well, you've just got an empty spot. So it's like you kind of like build a boutique yeah. there yeah. for just the couple month the uh, the couple days and then it all gets torn down. And they go all out on building these things. Now, I've thought in the past, I don't know if I talked about this and when we talked about Basel World, but if they kind of had like uh price limits or like um, you know, like a limit on how much you can customize your area or something, because then it just instead of having like a race to spend more and more money, it just puts a limit so that uh, everyone just can spend less and get their product out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: but I think that's a that's hard to enforce, and 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 B, it's like it's just, I mean, it's it's competitive. It to, the, the companies you basically have to spend to me. I like neither of us have been to Basel Baza World, right? But I imagine yeah, it yeah. to be like a car show, basically, where you have like different companies with like their huge booths or areas, and it's just you know big advertising,
0: like trying to yeah, sell your stuff.
1: And so, I don't know. It's just it's it, it, or it's like E three the gaming, like any kind of industry conference. Well, the thing.
0: one big difference that we had talked about in the past was about how. Uh, in Basel World, they're really focused on talking to the dealers and stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's true. Yeah, so
0: it's not as focused on the individual. So I feel like they can drop a little bit of the like insane ostentatiousness because it's just some guy and he's like, "Yeah, I want as many like Rolexes as you're willing to send my ad." Yeah, you know, or yeah. whatever. Or like they go to the Zenith booth and they're like, "Yeah, I'll get some El Primeros, thank you." You know? well, I think so they don't. Yeah, yeah,
1: I, I think it's easier for like a rolex or patek Philippe to drop out because no one's really gonna miss them because everyone knows who they are and they could just release watches like you know on the internet and
0: it's yeah they could just release it on their website and it like wouldn't change anything exactly it would be you can't get your hands on one either way
1: yeah it would be picked up everywhere you know it's it's just instead of it releasing a basel world it's just released you know online
0: yeah plus i mean rolex I feel like they don't need to show anyone anything because it's like they come out with a new release. It's just a a change in the bezel color. Yeah. It's like I don't need to go and touch the Rolex. <laughs> I know what it's like. I can just imagine it with a different bezel color, you know, Yeah. <laughs> but but
1: I did not now, know it cost like that much. If if they're saving that much money then then I could see them you know some You could f- do a
0: lot of online things with that. Yeah
1: the finance people about like what are we gaining here
0: yeah like imagine if any of these brands spent two million dollars took a charismatic dude and said make a youtube channel yeah, make about yeah rolex. exactly which, let's which, do which, it
1: which they know? don't even need because most watch youtube channels will cover rolex immensely anyways like that's like the holy grail brand
0: Right, I mean, if they just spent a couple million just shipping around Rolexes to have everyone like opening Rolexes on their channels yeah. and just be like, "Oh my god, yeah. it's crazy, guys!" <laughs> and then they they just ship them back anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, stuff like that. I mean, there's got to be way better ways to spend money. Yeah. Well, I... now here's the thing. Here's the thing. This was actually a two-stage dropout because just a couple days ago. Tag Hugh Blow, Zenith, Bulgari—they all dropped out too. Wow, you know, uh, my
1: my 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 big uh, question that I'm just thinking right now is like, what if coronavirus didn't happen? I wonder if all of this would have taken place still. You know, because because yeah. Basil <sighs> World was set right. It's, yeah, it was like right yeah. in the time of the thing.
0: Yeah, I feel like I feel like it was something that was probably bubbling to the surface. Yeah. And this is just what caused it to happen now. I mean, I've heard that you know for Basel, you know it's a pretty small um town or whatever yeah, and it's it's not in proportion to the event right so the the like hotels and like food and everything around there just gets it, it's insanely price gougy uh, during Basel world
1: yeah which which I could see
0: yeah, I mean it makes sense. And I'm sure that that would have continued for a long time. I think part of the other reason is during this this time, they said, okay, uh, we're not refunding anyone. If, if I'm remembering correctly, they said, we're not refunding anyone. We're keeping... It was something like we're keeping 15% of what you paid and then the rest of it can go towards next year or something. That's insane. Yeah. Because <laughs> they said, like, oh, well, we have to rent out The space and stuff but the space is owned by their parent company or something so you're like renting from yourself i don't know um so basically the company just
1: lost out on like millions of dollars
0: i think that they're i mean i think they're gonna be existing in the future but in what form it's hard to say well without those names it's not gonna be anywhere near as big news no absolutely not so i I I mean, and this is after many brands have have fallen out in the last couple years, so it's like, yeah, but when there's not Roll, much left.
1: But when Rolex leaves, that's that's huge.
0: It is, and so they are moving to that's the thing. They're moving to watches and wonders. Ah,
1: it's, I bet you it's cheaper there too.
0: Because I don't know if it's cheaper name. or not. Um, I can't say, but you know. The thing about Watches and Wonders that I that I had applauded wait, wait, is are, that they're... Are they moving yeah, or had they been there already? They're moving, too. Oh, okay, okay. So That's my okay. understanding. Okay. So uh, the thing about Watches and Wonders is I had always liked it because um, they had just made this change to be really focused on, like, showing people the inside of the industry and everything. Kind of like they basically made their watch show a little bit of an exhibition case back to the industry. All right. And they're more focused on just, like, individual enthusiasts coming instead of, like, just journalists and authorized dealers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I really like that. Um, Now, the Rolex thing, it's... uh, I don't think it has a name yet or anything. I'm not too sure. It doesn't really matter. But they're kind of doing, like, a satellite event. So it's, like, at Watches and Wonders, during Watches and Wonders, in collaboration with Watches and Wonders. (laughs) But... It's going to have, like, its own little name and its own little, like, not spot on the floor, but, like, its own different convention center in the city. Oh, yeah. Okay. Huh. So people will probably go back and forth between them. Yeah. But here's the thing that I hate, okay, is they're basically making it like a little mini Basel world because it's they specifically said it's for uh, ADs and vendors and journalists and they're not doing all of the like public openness stuff. and for enthusiasts and stuff that kind of sucks, yeah, it kind of sucks, so their thing will have a bit of a different tone to it,, um, and it'll be in a different place, and maybe that makes sense because if they were at the same place and you went to one booth and they were really about like talking to enthusiasts and then you went to the booth right next to them and they were completely ignoring <laughs> yeah. you yeah, that would be kind of. Jarring. Yeah, <laughs> I I mean I don't know why
1: these conferences don't just don't have both. Like you have you you have the same booth, and then you know you have separate events or whatever for like dealers, and you have the main booths for the public. Yeah, I mean you get two two birds with one stone.
0: Yeah, I mean it's not like they have a limited number of the items, so I mean they could even have like front-facing booths. All the enthusiasts are there. Yes, and then if you're like an AD, you have an AD pass. You show it to them. They have a couple guys in the back of the booth. Yes. You get yeah. to come back and look at stuff. Something like that. Yeah, I don't
1: know. Yeah. Yeah, but who who knows? That? I mean it's it's going back to what you're saying. I think this whole these whole conference things are like old school advertising spend. I think the new school is like like you said, YouTube influencers, you know, online campaigns, Instagram, all that stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean I think the in person thing can be cool but if if it happens it needs to be like something where somebody goes and like they're treated awesome and you know their mind are blown and they're like a swiss uh watch only buyer from that point on because you know yeah you impress them with your exhibiting so much which is how I feel like watches and wonders with like showing people how they're making the enamel and all these like workshops and stuff. I feel like once the average person experiences that they're not going to like go and buy a Seiko (laughs) afterwards, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah.
1: You got to offer something that can't be replicated on the internet because everything is internet now. And that kind of thing is like, you you cannot replace that experience. Yeah, absolutely. But then to just to make it take that away it's kind of defeats
0: the purpose yeah and another thing that i had heard about the the fall of basil world i guess is that um the people who are in charge of it are pretty well known for basically just making decisions without talking to brands (laughs) which i guess kind of you know if you're a big enough brand if you're like rolex being treated like just an exhibitor is kind of ridiculous. Yeah,
1: and and if you're Basil World you should know that like that's your bread and butter brands. You can't jerk them around. Or else you're like I mean people go to Basil World for the brands, not because of Basil World.
0: Yeah, I mean it might it might have even not happened at all if they had made all the same moves, but they had just like talked to the brands beforehand and been like, How do you feel about this? What can we do to make this better? blah blah blah. Even if it had come to the exact same conclusions If you just treated them with the amount of respect they deserve. Yeah. You know, like Baselworld, it is just a name in a place that you rent out to show watches. Yeah,
1: no one cares. That is replaceable. Yeah, no one cares if the big brands aren't there.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, that's the big watch news for for this week in my mind. Do you have anything else to throw on top?
1: Well, just to add one more thing on that last topic. It's also kind of unfortunate because it's all like it's all it's, it's all swiss stuff like basil's in switzerland right and you kind of like, it is lose the mistake I mean, of the whole swiss watch thing
0: right well sihh is going to be in geneva so that's also switzerland yeah although they're doing other events around the world which i like like we had talked about the one that's going to be in um florida in the future um so, I think they'll still have their Swiss watch fair, and I don't know if the industry itself is going to lose that much because Basel World died as I don't long think so. as SIHH is picking up the slack, and I think picking it up in a way that was better than Basel World in the first place
1: yeah, I mean the only reason I, I heard of Basel World is because the watch releases that's
0: it yeah, yeah, okay that's a good so topic i did, I didn't see that topic for today here we go. Here we go. Now, this is another listener topic, okay? Yeah. People send us in stuff. They say, hey, I wish you could cover that. We've done it the next week every time. Now, I just wanted to do a loop back to one of the other things that we talked about, which is um, asking for ratings on iTunes. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I just want to say, okay, I I did that, like, big plea at the end of one of our episodes. yeah. We didn't get any ratings. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I tried. Be- okay,
1: Beggars can't be choosers.
0: I guess. But what I'd say is, if you ask for a topic and then we do your topic, <laughs> come on. Uh, come on, man. You could rate us on iTunes, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't cost what anything. What other podcast has ever done just a topic that you said? Right. I'm, I'm sure almost nobody has requested a topic from a podcast and just gotten it the next week. Yeah, I... this is some customized uh, experience. <laughs> so throw throw us that that free that free review. We'd really appreciate. Throw us a bone here. Yeah, we're not asking for much. <laughs> okay, so topic for the week. We did useless watch complications last week somebody sent in a message they said let's talk useful okay yeah and i'm down for that are you down for that
1: yeah and and just as a bit of trivia actually me and luke actually did a topic very similar to this as a like a pre before this podcast even started just to just to feel each other out kind of thing
0: test podcast yes i've still got the test podcast actually i
1: still have it too yeah well i've my audio you have half of it
0: you have half of it Mm. only i have truly Mm. the test podcast um but i figure maybe uh maybe one day we'll release it i don't know one year anniversary yeah it'll be interesting to see how it compares to this one actually (laughs) so useful watch complications The idea here is we each have five. We each have an example watch of each, so you can take a look uh, if you like looking stuff up as you listen. Um, All right. Are you ready to go?
1: Yeah. You want to go first?
0: Okay, I'll go first. I'm starting off real simple, okay? I'm starting off with a date wheel. That's my first complication. (laughs) So basically
1: any watch will do.
0: Uh, the majority on the market i'd say uh for some reason date wheels are very popular yeah um and i'm just using a simple one one of the earliest date wheels to ever come out the rolex date just um i i sent you a link but i don't think you need it (laughs) no i mean it's
1: uh, iconic i mean it's just i think yeah i I see this watch this this i mean this could arguably be one of the most recognizable rolex designs
0: yeah, the date just sub. I feel like those are the two big ones.
1: Yeah, especially the gold one, the gold date, like with the uh, gold stripe and the band, and the gold.
0: You like the like seventies two tones? Yeah, style. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. Uh, I just
1: think it's recognizable.
0: It is. It definitely is recognizable. So, date wheel. Now, what I'd say about all complications on watches is, we've we've got technological solutions to all of these that are digital now. Right. So, I'd say, you know, watches for me, it's a lot about mechanics and engineering and history. Um, As far as how useful any of them are, they can drop down a little bit. Right. Which is why I like the useless complications. Right. You know? Because your watch can't give you, like, the experience of that Bugatti engine running. Right. You know? So, anyway... We're doing the date just. I feel like I know what year it is. <laughs> I know what month it is. And as long as we're not on coronavirus lockdown, I typically know what day of the week it is. It's really the date that tends to yeah. tends to escape people.
1: I agree. Okay, so, so, on, so on that topic, are we saying the day wheel is a different complication?
0: I'm I'm considering them maybe a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, they're on a different, uh, how would I even put this, different repeating, once 31 days and once seven days or whatever, seven 24-hour 24, 24 periods.
0: I see what you're saying. But both of those complications, uh, it's, it's kind of just one. And, uh, yeah, they, they work together. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it for everyone because there's a lot of springs and whatever going on yeah. but um yeah so i would say just the date yeah yeah uh, I, I i personally wouldn't wear a watch i had the day and the date unless there is some <laughs> like extreme sentimental value or something involved because i don't like setting both yeah I, I don't even like setting the date
1: yeah i i agree with you i i think it's tedious to set both i think just you just need the date but a lot of the watches like you don't have a choice of you like the watches sometimes oh might, o- might only come with the day and date
0: Especially if it's a Seiko. Yep. So, yeah, uh, simple, simple. That's my first one. Okay. What's yours? Okay, so mine is a little
1: bit more complicated, but also very recognizable. And it is the Chronograph. And I'm okay. sure everyone recognizes this example.
0: <laughs> We're doing a double uh, Rolex. I like it. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's just, if, if I think of Chronograph, this is the watch I think of. It's like so iconic. And it's, it's not the Speedmaster. No, I, I I wouldn't say so. Like for me, it it'd be the Daytona. Okay. And that's the one I have. So yeah, I just I don't know. For 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 me, it's not that useful. But I just a not the Rolex. I mean, not the Daytona, but the complication is sentimental to me. In that when I first was a kid and saw watches, it's like that was one of the coolest complications I have seen. Is like when it when it turns into like a uh, stopwatch. Mm-hmm. it's like just the movement it's like cool to watch you know yeah yeah i mean i guess a lot of people use it for racing and i can see that um nowadays of the technology i mean and any any complications you got technology basically supersedes a lot of them but back in the day or even now you could use it for timing laps and races, and anything any kind of thing you needed you know a separate time wheel
0: Yeah, now one thing that I'd like to mention about the Daytona is it's got the tachymeter on the outside. Right. And it's actually well-labeled because it says units per hour.
1: Okay, can you explain what a tachymeter is for everybody?
0: Right, so basically a lot of people put it with racing because you basically... So if you do like a one-mile lap... Okay, I think it's like you time something for a minute. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's like a it's, No, it's
0: not a minute. It's not a minute. You know, I never use a tachymeter.
1: But you, but, but I but I I ask because sometimes on some of these watches, they have the like uh for doctors, they have the the a different the pulse tach- meter, yeah, yeah, I know yeah, how yeah, to yeah. use that one.
0: Yeah, I know how to use that one. Okay. This one is you can use it for anything. So you could use it uh, like if you've got an annoying leaky faucet, you could do drips per hour by timing it with the tachymeter bezel and then stopping it and whatever it's pointing to is drips per hour oh oh i um, see so
1: it's kind of like a extrapolation for you
0: yeah so you could use it for anything but a lot of people use it for miles per hour in racing back in the day right um and i i think it's like oh okay i think it's like you drive one mile and you time how long and once you're done with that and you stop it the bezel's pointing to your average speed yeah for that mile yeah i heard it's something like that there's, yeah I've it's seen. something about, that's the thing nobody uses <laughs> everyone's got the tachymeter i don't think anyone actually uses it you know what i'm saying it's yeah. time anything but
1: yeah th- i mean you have to like know what you're, you're doing kind of so i and, and when you're racing it's like it's so everything's so quick you, you gotta like have it on the back of your mind already
0: yeah plus these days every racing car probably has all those statistics saved yeah electronically so you could go back and and dissect all of your stats. I'm yeah, sure. yeah, but yeah, so, I think that's know,
1: one of the most iconic complications. I mean, it's there's different variations. I guess there's double chronograph and flyback chronograph. So,
0: yeah, I like, mm, I mean, I like the flybacks. Yeah, personally, they're pretty cool. But I think any chronograph, yeah, I mean, they could be sort of useful. <laughs> You know, we've definitely got all this stuff on our phone. Yeah. The thing that I don't like about them is is that the big center seconds hand doesn't move, and you have the sub seconds instead. Yeah, yeah. When when it's not in, when it's not working, I like the center seconds moving.
1: Yeah, but it's it, it, it's cool nonetheless.
0: It is, and I think that as far as our list today goes, it's very reasonable. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of the more useful complications but I actually intentionally left it off my list <laughs> <laughs> okay because okay because I don't think that that many people actually use it that often
1: okay that's fair enough not, not not nowadays
0: right like it was historically useful like I think that the date people use way more than they use their chronograph right oh yeah for sure okay now that I've Completely trashed your choice unnecessarily. <laughs> I don't think you,
1: you trashed it. I think that's just for you. You might not use it, but
0: yeah, I, I, I think it, it, it is a good choice. I mean, I,
1: um, I, I I almost feel like a lot of watch brands put chronographs, and and I might be completely off base here, but this is just my thought: is they put it in, like it's almost like a higher end complication, like it's never in a like entry level watch.
0: Yeah, and I feel like I feel like actually. It's kind of interesting because when you think perpetual calendar, mm-hmm. that would always be more expensive than a chronograph on average. Mm-hmm. Um, but the chronograph is easily as complex as that. But because it had this historical usefulness right. all the time, it was never considered a luxury thing. And the price point still doesn't reflect that. Right. So it's kind of interesting. In that way, the price point reflects that you are correct that it is considered more of a useful complication than a luxury one
1: yeah yeah
0: but it's not as cheap as like for example my date just right yeah for sure yeah you do have to step up to pay a little bit more but it's just not in that like luxury sphere which proves that it was more of a, a tool watch type thing to have
1: yeah i agree
0: so my next one i'm just Slam them out of the park with my very simple complications here, okay,
1: yeah
0: <laughs> I'm doing power reserve, okay <laughs> I yeah now here's why now I've got the now the last two watches we didn't explain what they look like, and I feel like that's because everyone knows what they look like. we don't need to tell you yeah um the next one nomos glassuta um the lambda here I'm picking the thirty nine millimeter version um. So, very thin baton hands, all heat, heat blued, um, Bauhaus minimalist design, dress watch type style. Huge, massive, gigantic. I need more words to explain how big this power reserve is. Right. <laughs> but it is huge. And here's the thing. When I'm thinking useful complications, it's built into the watch and as long as it's on the front there, you are going to use it without even thinking. You are just going to see that power reserve, and you are going to reference it as you are winding this thing and all that sort of jazz. Right. So, I think it's useful.
1: For sure, yeah, I think it's useful. I mean,
0: I of course I, I, you I, want those Panerai ones on the case back. It is your style? Yeah, yeah, I like that. I, I mean,
1: this is like this is like the Grand Seiko Spring Drive meter too, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like it's. To me, it's kind of like a battery meter, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like on your phone, and that's always useful. Um, I don't know. I just... I've said it before, and I'll say it. I just... I think it's useful. I just... To me, aesthetically, I don't really like it.
0: Yeah. I I totally respect that opinion. Because,
1: again, it uh... reminds me of, like, newer stuff
0: in a mechanical watch.
1: Like, it reminds me of a battery meter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... But I... But it's totally useful, so...
0: Yeah, so if someone offered you one of these for free, you'd be like, "No. <laughs> I don't like that battery." <laughs> is is that what you'd No, say? no, no. I i take it just
1: because it's 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 a Nomos, but still. <laughs> I what well, does it I I does it come without the uh power meter?
0: Nope. Not the Lambda anyway. It's basically named after this big power meter. Yeah. Um but there are other there are other Nomoses that sort of look like a Lambda without the power reserve. Well the thing is I feel like there's just not that much variety in Nomos. Like they're very they're very on that style. They're very on the Bauhaus style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very strongly. So any Nomos watch face that you see kind of looks like another Nomos watch face that you see, which is great for brand integrity and recognizability and all that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's again, it's like Grand Seiko, it's one of their trademark Complications to, to show off their spring drive.
0: All right. So, what is your second useful one?
1: Okay, my second useful one is a, a mechanical alarm. I think that's useful. I'm gonna send you a link.
0: And this is the first time we stepped on each other's toes. <laughs> is it? <laughs> I also I also fake that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So let's see what you get. Well, I mean, ah, I, the Bellmatic. Yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, you could really just an alarm's an alarm it's more I, how do I, it's more you hear it than see it so um, and
0: this is one that I feel like people would use more
1: yeah I mean it's, it's so it's an alarm is useful I mean even now with our phones we set alarms it's the same idea um, it's the thing you know I mean I don't gotta explain alarm to everybody everyone knows what it is but to have it back in the <laughs> mechanical watch days I think that was pretty ingenious
0: yeah and for how this watch looks uh it looks like <laughs> it looks like most Seiko fives, honestly. Yeah. It's got the day date, it's got baton hands, it's got uh loom in most of them. Um some of them it's got Dauphine hands too, mostly baton hands. Yeah. Uh did I say day date?
1: Yeah, you did. Small chapter Seiko ring. Seiko usually has it.
0: Yeah, and applied Logo.
1: Yeah, you know what this watch reminds me of? Just looking at it quickly, like an old thermostat.
0: <laughs> you
1: know where you have to turn the dial to set it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, now I kind of like it because I haven't looked at these too much before, but it looks like the 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 alarm time. A lot of them are set with a another hand in the center. Yeah, a little alarm hand. This one looks like it's set with a little. Uh, Basically, in internal rotating bezel outside of the chapter ring. It looks like there's a little mark that shows where it's going to go off. Yeah, I can't even. If someone if someone knows Seiko well, uh, let us know if I'm wrong, but I think I think I'm right here based on what I'm seeing.
1: Yeah, because there's only one set of uh, second minute hour hand, so.
0: Yeah, Uh, oh, I'm seeing some other pictures. Yeah, I'm definitely right. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, I think this is awesome. I was right with you on that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of the more useful complications i think so
0: yeah i owned i owned a, a an alarm watch and i would have actually i did use it a few times and it brought me a lot of uh, unnecessarily uh intense happiness <laughs> to use it so i see that um the only reason i didn't use it more is because i hadn't serviced it and I wanted that one to have a little bit of a servicing, considering how vigorous the alarm complication is in there. Right. So I didn't feel good just using it. They'll probably dry with like crusty oil and all that dread. So I didn't <laughs> D- use it. Too now, much. can
1: they can they wear out the alarm? I, I don't know the exact like, um, you know, exact mechanism how how it actually makes the sound.
0: Okay, I'll let you know. So basically, a lot of them have. This isn't all, okay, but the ones, some of the ones I've seen, they have a second barrel that you wind that is just for the alarm. Yeah, and then, so and it basically gives out the whole power reserve from that barrel every time. Right. So you wind it up every time that you want to use the alarm. Um, and what what how it works is, is it basically takes a hammer, and it hits. Um, for some of them, they'll have a case back. Where there's a little there's a little rod sticking out from the case back into the movement right and then the alarm hits that rod uh the hammer moving back and forth and so the whole case itself vibrates really strongly and that's how it gets out the noise
1: okay so it sounds like it's pretty durable
0: it should be reasonably durable um yeah i just felt like I don't know why for that particular one, I was like, I want to I wanna service this. But then I never ended up servicing it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just ended up not using the alarm that much. Now, here, I'm sending you another one. I'm basically just piggybacking off you here. Right,
1: because since you had the example, anyway.
0: Yeah, so I'm picking the Vulcane Cricket. This is the, um, the President's Watch. Uh, they always gifted one to Presidents. Oh, I did not naked. know that. Um i have even heard and of this brand this works the same way that i was describing um of course there are some nice alarm watches these days where they have like kind of like minute repeater styles where there's like hammers hitting gongs and it sounds really nice yeah but the, this is uh similar to the style that i described where it's just like vibrating the watch case which i believe is what the bellmatic does as well yeah which makes um, sense it, it, it's efficient it makes the case the bell basically yeah, and because it seems like literally all news has to do with Trump. When I was looking <laughs> this up, there was a news article that was like Trump got one too. It's like, well, they've given it to all the presidents. <laughs> like <laughs> they're not going to break their tradition. I,
1: I didn't even know that. I have even heard of this brand.
0: <laughs> I feel like this is the only watch that they make that actually know what it is. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny and how I went it... on their main website and there's like no store there. Like <laughs> I don't. I don't know how much units they make or how they distribute them or anything. Honestly, I don't know anything about this brand other than that they're like the... They're, they're sort of like the alarm watch in a sense because of them always giving it to the presidents. I feel like that really S- paid such, off.
1: Such a weird watch to give because like, a complication I, I feel kind of rare and then this is the watch they give.
0: I think I think it looks pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I think it looks cool. And it's cool that I mean, the the fact that they give them presents gives them such marketing cachet. But but then you say you you don't even know how to buy one, so it's odd. <laughs> yeah, I
0: don't. Um, so that's my choice. And uh, okay, I'll I'll do the next the next one on my list. Okay. So my next one, I feel like I feel like I'm cheating. I feel like you're gonna hear this and you're gonna be like, groan. Yeah, a little bit of a ground. Uh, automatic self-winding. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs>
1: I was thinking of choosing that too, actually. Uh, that was on the end of my list. But,
0: but Okay, first it, off, it counts. It does count. We discussed, I think we discussed this before, but yeah, it does count. Um, and it's, it's useful, it's passive. I think, uh, you know, once someone's really into watches... Then they start liking manual winding. I agree. But for someone, for someone who's not into watches, uh, it's a hassle. Yeah, I mean, it, it's
1: it's one of those things you don't think is cool until you actually start using
0: it. Yeah. So, uh, so like for example, you look at that Bugatti watch. You're spending <laughs> mad dollars. Okay, that thing is manual wind. Right. Because the kind of person that wants to buy that, they they want to wind it. Right. You know they want to be interacting with their watch and tons of the like very high-end luxury watches are manual wind i think that's no mistake right but for someone who's just getting into watches manually winding your watch not that fun right so my example is the seiko skx 007
1: yeah i mean
0: Uh, i think that's the black one um and black bezel and uh yeah, it's self winding. What, what else do I really have to say? There's not. Yeah, I mean, you don't even <laughs> not really, much to go to.
1: You don't even need an example. I mean, everyone knows what it is. So. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's. Yeah, it's like a mainstay complication, basically.
0: Yeah, and I feel like between that and the date, I've really. <laughs> <laughs> is it cheating? I don't know, but.
1: Well, the date is for sure. Like, I mean, they're both complications. <laughs> Just the date is more recognized. Like, it's more commonly known complication
0: yeah so that's mine easy what what's your next one
1: okay so my next one is and i think the sh- i mean it's on the wiki page of complications but i'm gonna say the thermometer
0: no 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 no, no, no.
1: <laughs> it's a non-horological complication it says
0: exactly <laughs> if it's not coming off the mainspring, i'm not interested okay. but it's useful and the topic was it's useful. useful complications. I'd say it's useful, but it's not a complication. Well, it,
1: Wikipedia would disagree with you. It's it's, it's not a horological complication, right?
0: Which just means not complication. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not into this one. Yeah. Now I will give you a, okay. Okay, but I'm what eating... what
1: would it fall under then? Because it's 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 not a. Um, useless complication. What's well, not even okay. A complication, here's a question. Guess, let's say your
0: strap, let's say your strap had a little thermometer bar on it. Yeah. Would you would you say that watch has a complication because its strap has a little thermometer on there?
1: No. Because it's or not if, part of if the watch. to buckled, me the strap is not part of the watch.
0: Okay, I agree. A lot of people though f- feel like the strap is part of the watch. I I don't think um, it is. Or if it had like a little leveling tube with oil in the little <laughs> Yeah, I mean <laughs> you'd be like watch complication <laughs> if you saw that on the dial. Yeah.
1: I mean it's I mean they they have like uh compasses too. So I guess a compass
0: is not. Okay, either. here's a question. Okay. I think I think I've got it. Okay? okay. Cause these are a little bit like more silly. Yeah. Is loom a watch complication? No. How can you say loom is not a complication if you say a thermometer is a complication? Uh, because, <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, yeah, I, I I really couldn't explain it to you. It's just I just don't think it's a complication. But <laughs> to, 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 to me, the loom is not very complicated. <laughs> but a thermometer is. I think it's more complicated than a loom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But 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 I guess if you're going by <laughs> if we're saying it horologically, like it has to. Then, then it's not a complication, yeah.
0: Okay, but here's... I'm going to totally give you an out with the very unknown George Daniel thermometers. Okay. <laughs> he used, like, expansion coefficients of very thin metal springs right. to move um, needles so it would actually have, like, a sub-dial where it would tell you the temperature. Yeah. That I'd call the complication. I I I'd give that one the pass on on being a complication. <laughs> yeah. So, but it has to be that specific one. It has to be that one. Just regular thermometer, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not into it. Okay, but I I mean it's yeah okay. We don't have message questions. us on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us what you feel about the thermometer. It comes down to what <laughs>
1: the definition of complication is.
0: Right, which I would say, not thermometer, but very solidly. <laughs> okay,
1: so so then a compass is not either, then. No, I don't think so.
0: Like like the bezel on the on the Seiko Alpinist, not a compass. <laughs> okay. Or even if you have like a GMT bezel, yeah. In my opinion, yeah. not a complication.
1: Okay. Fair enough.
0: But I'm very strict. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people would see the GMT bezel and say, "Yeah, that totally counts." Yeah. So
1: Again, it comes down to your definition of what it is, of what a complication is.
0: Right, right. Now, here... Okay. So, man, we really duped it out on the thermometer. We're <laughs> really turning we up the heat on this one. This is a spicy podcast. <laughs> Talking about watches. Now, I've only got one more, and then I'm done. I only so got, got one my more, too, actually. My last one, World Time. Okay. So... Let me let me post you a little example. You've seen it before, but it is gorgeous. So let's just take another look. So, for my world time watch. By the way, did you tell us what the thermometer watch was that you picked?
1: Uh, I think I did. I think I sent it to you. Okay, so mm. did I send it to you? Oh, maybe not. It was, it's this one.
0: Because I do. I, you know, we had somebody ask us, "Hey, can you describe the watches?" And uh, yeah, I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to do that. I actually didn't describe describe the cricket
1: right but you sent the link so we were looking at it but yeah
0: yeah cricket uh kind of looks like a dress watch it's got the uh center hand version of how they set up the um the indication uh dauphine hands applied applied indices uh in arabics um very nice very dressy watch
1: yeah, it's it's I I like it actually. It looks the, I, I, the 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 numerals almost look raised.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're applied. Yeah, yeah. So, so next for the world time, I'm picking the Patek Philippe fifty two thirty one J. I think is is what we call this, and this is basically the one we we had talked about enamel before, All right? And so this is the one that's got the um the gold wire uh, outlined enamel process. That's all, like, very hard-to-do complex. Um, gorgeous. Extremely expensive. Um, but here's how it works. So, you've got the... You've basically got, like, a rotating bezel that has all the different uh, places. Right. right, yeah. And then, so basically, you rotate that so that the time... Uh, at the place at your home lines up with the 24 hour thing going around the dial
1: oh yeah Okay. okay yeah
0: so now you've got your home time and you've got all the other different times referenced and then that wheel that has the 24 hours that moves over time so that it always is keeping up with where it is in relation to all of the cities yeah and basically it's got city names and all the city names are basically the bit like the most important city in that time zone you know yeah so you got like a london time zone a paris time zone moscow time zone dubai beijing i think uh, there's probably arguments for different cities in every time zone but not very strong ones yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i always wonder how do they pick the cities that they display in the time zone
0: yeah, and I think that they're a little bit more historical. Yeah, it's got to um, be. Yeah, because, like, Cause why would you I pick, could imagine... Like, Denver. What? Like, why would you pick Denver for Mountain Time? Yeah, like, there could probably be a bigger city in that time zone. I'm not a, a geography guy. <laughs> I think I think Hawaii just wins on default. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... It's probably not that much in that time zone.
1: There's got to be a rhyme and reason why. Yeah, I mean, if, if Hawaii's the only one there, that makes sense, but...
0: Yeah, I think Tokyo and Beijing... Are probably the biggest cities in their time zone, hands down. Yeah, I don't know. I think that they're all pretty uh, well recognized, um, well recognized spots. And I wonder so,
1: which one's Pacific Time.
0: Hmm? Uh, which
1: city here is Pacific Time in the U.S.?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. Because
1: that's one I'm in, and I that's where it. you are. Yeah, and it's, yeah, 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 it's yeah. got to be. You know, I don't recognize any of them. But anyways, it's just. Sort of
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it says Los Angeles. It's right on there.
1: Oh, it does I don't yeah, see it. Yeah, it's
0: L Angeles.
1: Okay, okay, I was okay. That's
0: probably it. Yeah.
1: Okay, I'm happy uh, now. Just
0: like it. Buenos Aires is B Aries. Yeah.
1: S yeah. There's S Georgia.
0: Yeah. What does that stand for?
1: I don't know. Like it's, I don't know. It's it's not the Georgia in the U.S. I don't think.
0: Yeah. Now the reason that I picked this is because I feel like the two ones that are sort of related here are this and GMT.
1: Yeah. For sure. That's just they serve the same purpose, no? To keep yeah, t- time in different zones.
0: Yeah, so you've got your like local time, you do it with the hands, and then you've got all the time zones on the outside. Now, that's why I picked this instead of GMT. Because
1: you have all of them. Because
0: you got all of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is just like strictly better than GMT, right? Yeah. <laughs> I can see where you're coming from. So I picked this over GMT. This is definitely one of the most beautiful examples of uh, World Time. And we've looked I at this before, easy. I remember, on this
1: podcast. I mean, the the artwork in the middle with the World Map Atlas thing there is really nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's gorgeous. They don't make that many of them a year because their workshop just can't make that many high-level enamel dials. Yeah. And, I mean, that's that's the amazing thing is we talked about how hard these are to make like how they're just like bending these like super tiny gold wires to make all the continents and then there's still like the trick with enamel which is just like some amount of the time the enamel just doesn't fire properly no matter how (laughs) good you are so can you imagine making one of these with the gold wire and just like working your butt off probably takes a whole day just to make one and then you put it in the kiln and it's just like nope that one's one of the rejects. <laughs> I,
1: mean, I, I wish there was a conference that demonstrated that sort of thing, but
0: I saw one <laughs> YouTube video that shows somebody doing uh, this sort of thing. It, it is amazing. Um,
1: I think it's something you got to see in person to appreciate. You know.
0: Yeah, or try it in person. Yeah. <laughs> Just see how horrifically bad you are, then you can appreciate how good they are. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah that's why i picked this complication and i think that this is actually i mean i picked some ones that are kind of cheaty okay the self-winding the date the power reserve i feel like those are sort of cheating you know
1: well they're not like yeah they're not like the classical what you think of as like a extra complication kind of thing
0: yeah they're just like so taken for granted yeah you know this is one of the ones that i feel like really fully yeah this is every one of way the, counts
1: like a fancy one
0: And I feel like this is one that people would actually, like, use. Yeah. Like, if you are the type of person that can afford this, you are probably flying around different time zones. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, definitely referencing this one for for the time in in certain places, I feel. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, So my last one is similar to yours, and it is a moon phase.
0: Oh, okay. Nice and simple.
1: Yeah, nice and simple. I mean, I I, I know we want useful complications. Uh, to me, I'll be honest, it's not that useful to me, but I, I'm sure there's a time and there are people who this is useful to knowing the moon phase. I mean, the moon phase is very important to some cultures and it's like, you know, when it's a full moon, people have these superstitions and stuff. So, um, And I think this watch, the one I linked, the masked, uh Jagger look. How do you even say it?
0: Uh, I'd, I call it. You could call it JLC. Okay, Tons I'm gonna call it, call it JLC because
1: when you say it, it just sounds so much better. But I'm gonna call it JLC, <laughs> the Master Ultra Thin Moon.
0: hmm This is a good choice.
1: Um, very simple complication, and I think it's like, it looks cool too because it's got the little moon thing down there. Um,
0: yes. So this one, this one, I'm with you. Looks great. Uh, it's got the. I'm just going to describe it for people for a second. So, yeah. dress watch classic uh, case. I'd say um, this one is in white gold or platinum or something. Um, yeah, I'm not sure that I see where it says. Oh, technical details. Let's open it up. Stainless steel. Geez, oh, okay. stainless steel. So, I would have thought that this would have been, uh, you know, one of those others. But so, stainless steel um, classic old school case um center seconds the sub dial has got um moon phase and a pointer date yeah and a little sub dial which is, i love when they have another dial on the moon phase
1: yeah so it
0: does two things
1: it's almost yeah it's like two and one basically
0: yeah i and when the moon phase is just sitting on its own it kind of you know there's like there's a little wheel underneath it that's got the the two moons to show, yeah, um, so you need to have like a circular space for that, and then if you don't use that space for something else, I feel like it just looks weird. I don't like moon phases on their own, so I like the choice that you made here, yeah, um it's got doffin hands, got a steel uh blued uh seconds hand um applied indices, it's very pretty,
1: yeah, it's very simple too, and it's like a thin watch
0: yeah so what's your argument for this being useful though i just think that moon phase
1: (laughs) like i said i think i think it's not useful for me but i think for other people and other other maybe uh cultures moon phase was more important especially in asian culture it's kind of important for Mm -hmm. like zodiac symbols and stuff like
0: that so don't you feel that those people should have the planetarium watch, though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if they can If drop they could the afford, cash. yeah,
1: if you cut the cash. <laughs> it's like, why have uh, GMT when you get the world, when you get the, you know, the one you just
0: had? Yeah, the world time. Yeah. Well, the thing is, there's a lot of world times that you can buy that cost less than, like, a Rolex Pepsi GMT. Oh, really? Yeah. And in fact, there's some cheap ones out there. Like, you can get, like, a regular Seiko brand World Time.
1: Oh, I, I've never seen an example of those.
0: So that one isn't, like, totally beyond anyone's. Because basically, it's got an internal rotating bezel. Right. So Seiko Alpinist, we've seen those, you know. They're not that expensive. Um, and then it's just got a wheel that moves at half the speed of the hands, uh, of the hour hand which is pretty easy to do you just do a two to one gear ratio there and you've got the ability to move another another wheel there so yeah it's not too complex <laughs> but it it looks great yeah yeah the world time I, yeah i
1: mean it's it's a different aesthetic world time versus gmt
0: yeah the world time like takes up more of the dial yeah um like it's basically saying i love time zones yeah like that's all you're going to be seeing like When you don't
1: need world time, you're going to still see it anyway. (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah. I wonder how much people do that with the GMT. Like, do they, like, take the GMT hand and just move it directly under the hour hand if they're not
1: traveling? Yeah, I mean, you're right. Because most of the time, unless you're a
0: pilot, you're probably not traveling. Okay, so moon phase, you're saying for some cultures, maybe it's useful. Yes, but I I can see
1: perpetual calendar being useful, too.
0: And those two oftentimes are thrown together. Yeah,
1: <laughs> funnily <laughs> enough. Moon phases. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <sighs> well, the moon phase—I'm not going to argue with you too strongly. Like, e- if you're like old school general, yeah, uh, you know, you could be like, "Oh, we're going to attack on the new moon. How many <laughs> days away is that? I'm going to check my moon phase." <laughs> Every- everyone, make sure you know what day that is. <laughs> yeah. Um but the thermometer that one i'm more strongly against. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you you're not you're, you're okay to be clear you're not you're not against the usefulness of it. You're against that it's a complication. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: I mean my concern with the thermometer is that it's on your wrist and that was a problem I don't know how he fixed it the George Daniels uh one because like if you have a thermometer that's attached to your wrist, presumably the temperature is wrong because, you know, your body heat is changing.
1: Ah, but here, here is where I will add something in that again. Will probably you probably won't agree with, but okay. look at look at Apple Watch. They call it a complication, and it's one of the main complications. And that temperature is dead on.
0: Yeah, that one is. <laughs> and that's actually funny. I saw when I was looking up. When I was looking up some examples, I saw an article about the Apple Watch and they were saying like, oh yeah, why are they called complications? And they were like explaining to people who don't wear watches. Yeah. They're like, "Oh yeah, historically, blah blah blah." Yeah. They're talking about it like it's the most old-fashioned thing and like nobody has complications and it's like something you just see in a museum or something. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "Well, like, I mean, to Apple complications today. to Apple Watch that is what complications are to them
1: because they they're they they do not even come like you know to, to on apple watch complication is just a space on the dial to put something whatever you want it to be
0: yeah although i actually like that they're using the word yeah i mean they, they they've always tried to harken
1: back to actual watch making like i mean obviously apple watch is just a computer but they've tried to like bring in the culture of watches into it yeah yeah
0: they have um now if you look at your moon phase ultra thin, yeah, under the crown, that's your that's your hidden pusher for setting your moon phase.
1: Ah, uh, <laughs> I see it on the
0: on the side profile. Yeah. So, I think we we covered our topic. Yeah. You didn't push back that hard on my on my choices at all. No, because I I I, I agree. Like I agree with you. There they are complications. They're
1: just not. You know.
0: They're just lame, they're just cop outs. No, they're just
1: they're just like you said, they're just uh how do I put it? They like fly under the radar because they're so commonplace.
0: Ubiquitous, yeah, yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah. Okay. So we did another custom episode for you guys. I'm expecting an iTunes review. Okay. <laughs> anybody? Anybody. Does anybody want to review us? <laughs> Please please do the iTunes review. If you, if you've got the Apple products, it's super easy. Um, the Instagram still chugging along, yeah. still chugging along. So take a look there for a uh, good content. Is there anything else that they should know about?
1: Uh, no, just any more topic ideas would be great.
0: Yeah. Obviously we cover them. Yeah. And like so far it's been the next week we cover. Yeah. Every time.
1: So anything interesting you got, let us know.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe one day somebody will send us an idea and we'll just be like, no, that's that's boring. Yeah. <laughs> I do it. So far it hasn't happened. We've, or, been, we've been into covering the ideas. Yeah.
1: Or or we've done it already.
0: Yeah. And people have also sent in uh, just ideas of uh, just how to make the show a little bit uh, cleaner, like uh, describing the watches for a moment when we talk about them. I think that was really important. Yeah. To yeah. Because some
1: sometimes we there. overlook that because we send each other links and we're just looking at it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess we'll see you guys next week. Yep. we we'll continue to discuss gears, springs, oils, watches, brands, all things watches, and watch me. Have a good one, guys.